Hello and welcome to the Reorg Europe podcast. It's Thursday, June the 11th. I'm Richard Woolley, editor in Reorg's London office, and today I'm going to speak with reporter Aurelius Siedelhofer about German fashion retailer Taco. And I'm also going to catch up with financial analyst Patrick Suda for the latest on Israeli exploration and production company Delek. Taco missed coupon payment on its 2023 bonds on May the 15th, and its bondholders are currently mulling over proposals for an extension of the grace period and a waiver of the event of default. Aurelia, can you talk us through what's happened up to this point? So Taco is a German discount family fashion retailer, and most shops are located out of town, for example, next to a supermarket as opposed to in the town centres. The group doesn't sell a lot online. Only about 1% of revenues in the first nine months of 2019 came from online. So obviously the lockdown and store closures hit it hard. The company suspended the coupon payment on its 2023 notes on May 15th and is now in a 30-day grace period. The company has put out a consent solicitations for which 50% bondholder consent would be needed to extend the grace period and 90% would be needed to waive the event of default if the coupon is not paid. The consent solicitations for these amendments will expire at 4 p.m. today so unless the company extends the deadline. Since the bondholder group represents more than 50% of the value of the bonds, it looks realistic that at the very minimum, they can extend the grace period until mid-August, which would buy the company time. So that'll give some time to negotiate, but I assume it doesn't solve all of the company's problems. No, the company has a new money need of about 55 million, and it looks like some of the bond debt will have to get equitized or turned into an equity-like instrument, like a pick note at Holdco level, for example. It wouldn't make sense for the company to receive new money and then have to spend a lot of it on interest expenses, of course. And it will also take some time until the company recovers from the impact of COVID-19 on its business. So has the company or, or the lenders put forward any ideas as to how they might go about restructuring the debt? Yes, proposals have been going back and forth. The company last suggested the bondholders equitize 40% of the debt and leave about 300 million in the structure. However, bondholders would prefer if more of their 510 million of total bonds remain in place. And uh, what about the new money need? Where could that money come from? Taco has been trying to secure this as a state-backed loan from a Bürgschaftsbank or a guarantee bank uh, in the state of North Rhine-Westphalia. The company has previously tried to access state-backed funding and failed to get it, though, as far as we understand, that was under a different scheme and for a different amount, so things could be different this time. Under some of the proposals currently being discussed, the Machul family, which has been managing the company for a number of years, would take a major chunk of the equity. If Taco is a family-owned business rather than a private equity-owned business, it would likely be easier to access state-guaranteed loans, as it is politically a bit more difficult to justify bailing out a private equity-owned company. But even if TACO can't access state-guaranteed funding, bondholders have said they would be prepared to provide the new money. The amount the company needs is not seen as extraordinarily big, so this is manageable for bondholders. And uh, it sounds like a lot of the proposals being discussed, uh, equitizing the debt, for instance, are, are going to need quite high consent levels from bondholders. Do you think they could reach these thresholds? Yes, this is a good point, and that's also why the constant solicitation for the extension of the grace period and the waiver is so important to the group. 
If the bondholders agree to a large extent and can even get the 90% threshold for the waiver, then it looks very good for the implementation of a restructuring deal. Even if they get less than 90%, but more than 75%, the group and its creditors could look at using a scheme of arrangement to implement whatever solution they come up with in the end. Reorg started covering DELEC in May, when the group's senior unsecured bonds were trading in the low 30s to 40s in the face of around $2.5 billion of debt maturities due over the coming year. Patrick, you've been following this situation closely since then. Can you tell us a little bit about the company and uh, what has happened with its relationship with its creditors? Hi, Richard. Yes. So Delic Group is an Israeli holding company whose subsidiaries engage in oil and gas exploration and production, as well as providing fuel services and running petrol stations and convenience stores. Its two main operating subsidiaries are Delic Drilling, which operates gas fields in the East Mediterranean, and Ithaca Energy, which is a North Sea-based oil and gas company. Delic owns 55% of Delic Drilling and 100% of Ithaca Energy. At the hold code level, Delic has about 972 million shekels of senior secured bank debt, which is collateralized by 40% of its stake in Delic Drilling. Following the collapse in energy and equity markets due to COVID-19, the loan-to-value ratio fell below the defined level under the loan agreements, and the senior secured bank lenders demanded extra collateral or immediate repayment. The Hold Coast senior unsecured bondholders, meanwhile, have demanded immediate repayment of principal amounts of 6 billion shekels in response to the bank lenders' demands, the deterioration in Delic's financial position, certain credit rating downgrades, and other factors. All this comes as Delic Group faces around 2.5 billion of debt maturities by February 2021. Okay, and how is the group set about addressing these issues? So in May, Delic Group proposed amendments to its, de- to its deed of trust to the debentures and announced last week that it had reached a standstill agreement with its bank lenders. The agreement will give Delic Group breathing room from its creditors to allow it time to right-size its capital structure and address upcoming debt maturities. Under the amended trust deeds, set to be voted on within a couple of weeks, Delic Group has already announced 1.5 billion shekels of asset sales and a minimum 500 million shekels equity raise, up from a previously announced 400 million shekels. 75% of the proceeds will be used to repay its 972 million shekels of senior secured bank debt. As the bank debt then gets paid off, the collateral on Delic drilling shares will be released and transferred to the senior unsecured bondholders, which will become secured debentures. The bondholders will benefit from lower leverage at Delic Group, possibly increasing their recovery, as well as having security on Delic Group's operating assets. That being said, Delic still has to raise the, the minimum 500 million shekels by December. This is by no means a given. In May, Delic tried to raise 200 million shekels, but only managed to raise 137 million. The volatility in the energy and equity markets is largely unchanged from the last equity raise, so there remains uncertainty over its ability to raise the equity. Under the terms of the updated deeds of trust, Delic is required to raise 200 million shekels by May 31st, a further 100 million shekels by July 30th, 150 million shekels by December 15th, and 50 million shekels by April 2021. It therefore has to raise a further 163 million shekels to make up for the shortfall from the May deadline. If it does not raise the required amount by July 30th, the bondholders will again have the right to demand immediate repayment. And is there anything the group could try with subsidiaries like Ithaca, for example, to address the refinancing risks and the, and the tight liquidity? So Delic acquired Ithaca Energy in 2017 for approximately $1.7 billion. Ithaca Energy is an oil and gas exploration production company that operates on the North Sea. In 2016, Ithaca Energy entered into a significant hedging program uh, in which it has locked in about 67% of full year 2020 production at an average floor price of $62 per barrel. 
On top of that, operating expenses per barrel are expected to fall from 17 to 15 per barrel following the integration of the Chevron North Sea assets it purchased in 2019. As such, Ithaca is expected to generate about $450 million of free cash flow. Under the restricted payment basket in the 2024 notes, Ithaca is permitted to make about $135 million in dividends to that group, of which $20 million was paid in May following the redetermination of the RBL facility. There is no additional capacity under the build-up basket, as net income was negative in the third and fourth quarter. Our legal analyst suggests that the $865 million received in equity contributions and shareholder loans is not permitted to build capacity under the build-up basket. Ithaca could choose to upstream more than the remaining $115 million available under the RP capacity if it chooses to invest in unrestricted subsidiaries, which could then incur unlimited amounts of debt unhindered by the covenant restrictions. Ithaca could potentially invest up to $330 million in an unrestricted subsidiary by using the $150 million RP capacity alongside its $250 million permitted investment capacity. However, this route could be regulated by the RBL facility agreement, which is not publicly available for review. As such, Delic Group will likely receive $135 million in total dividends from Ithaca in 2020, which will lend some support to its liquidity constraints. As always, you can read more about these situations on our website, reorg.com. We'll be back in two weeks with another Reorg Europe podcast. But until then, stay safe and thank you very much for listening.